Welcome to Motorcycles and Misfits here at the Recycle Garage in sort of sunny and a little bit of rain, Santa Cruz, California. This is Liza. Uh, Next to me in the garage, we've got Zach. Present. Adrian. Hello. Knock. Hi. Douglas. What up, my glip glops? (laughs) 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 Hey, man. Let's let's not bring glip glops into this. Cat. Hi. <laughs> Yuri. Hey, everyone. Jim. Here. Stan. Again. Fruit Loop. How you doing? And Charlie. Hey. So, yeah, we had a little bit of rain, which came out of nowhere, and it was right when we had some guests. We had some cool guests from uh, Switzerland came yeah. by today. So I want to give a hi to uh, Claudia, Till, and Josh. Hey. They speak up, Swiss man? German. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> And um, English. It was so cute. They pulled up on uh, two Ducatis and a F800, F650 mm. with 800. And uh, the, the I could see one of them had a giant smile on her face in the helmet as she rode up. And I'm looking like, I don't know who this is, but she's got a giant grin. I'm like, I wonder if she's like happy to be here i wonder if she's a listener and then she's like hello mm. and i was like oh where are you from switzerland <laughs> it's like awesome so she yeah she listened and dragged her husband and friend here <laughs> she was really nice very cool yeah she was, nice to talk so she was really cool but right as they pull up it starts raining yep and el nino will fuck us <laughs> that's what el nino does couldn't tell it rained by the time i got here it was dry yeah it wasn't that much oh yeah I mean, um capitola <clears throat> It, so it missed me when I was on my way down here. It's like mm-hmm. apparently north of me and south of me. Mm-hmm. So they were here. Um, Attil lives here in Saratoga, but they were visiting and riding the coast on rented Ducatis, and she made a point to stop here at the garage and wanted to see all the bikes and all right. you know meet everyone. And then I promptly dicked the Ducati and got a nice picture of all three of them. <laughs> Good, nice. with the dick. Thanks there, for your help, was, uh, sir. Was there yes. a lot of people when she showed up, or was it just you? no? It was it was first thing in the morning. Uh, okay, <coughs> yeah, it was before noon, which yeah. just no. Nah, yeah, yeah. early and we're still trying to get over their hangovers but it's really cool to have some people here excited you know to see what we do and uh, they asked if we could come set one of these up in switzerland <laughs> any volunteers um here and i'd here, like to uh, here. hey you know <laughs> what can i get citizenship <laughs> <laughs> the, the government will probably fund your uh, co-op over there that's how cool they are yeah oh really mm-hmm. i guess shoot i don't know anything about europe and anyway. you'll get days off from it, too. Yeah. Get maternity leave. <laughs> I was going to say, you'll get your maternity, maternity leave. <laughs> so who else did anything productive today? Winter Clean my rims. <laughs> That's not productive. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's start right. with Douglas, then. Uh, we went to Hollister. It was uh, me and Justin and uh, his friend Mike and Antonio. Fucker. Okay. Yeah. And Adrian was supposed to go, but the bike's not working. Bikes didn't cooperate. Wah, wah. So it was, it was a lot of fun. We'd hit the TT track with the TTR 125s, and that was just so much fun. So oh, so you bikes. had both of them there? I had both the bikes So you there, got yeah. your money's worth out of it oh, today. Oh, yeah. It was so much fun. Um, just neck and neck the whole time, basically, with Antonio. And uh, he, he had a... a, a so do you, did you let the air out of his tires or something? No. No, I don't know. It was weird. Um, uh, I'd say you kicked out one of his cylinders, but he's only got one. <laughs> <laughs> He had a, a street tire on the rear, 
And so you'd think it'd be sliding all over the place, but it actually stuck pretty well. It was, it was pretty interesting. Huh. So yeah, it was just a good day trip down there. So that's Brad. Cool. And, uh, well, Adrian, that so since I didn't go dirt riding, um, cause I didn't have a chance <laughs> to pre-flight my bikes beforehand. So I got up this morning and that's surprising. Yeah. <laughs> anyways, uh, the CRF 250 just wouldn't light, wouldn't light and wouldn't light. The battery seems strong, but just wouldn't light. So like, okay, that one's dead. So I go to the 250, uh, the DRZ and it's had a weepy carb, um, for a while. And this morning it was more of a crying jag. Um, so decided to give that a little therapy and take it all apart. Still, I got it back down to weeping. Um, however, since that's the, you know, here, newbie, go play. I don't want that one catching fire on somebody. So um, I need to get a new gasket. What is the float bowl gasket is just too old. It's just compressed down. It's old rubber. Oh, so wow. it's just seeping out a little bit. Yep. And the CRF. I thought it was bad gas, so I dumped a whole bunch of gas out. Adrian dumped all the gas, all the gas. out. Onto the ground? <laughs> no, no, and no. Fill, oh. filled The out. storm drain. So, yeah. Just kidding. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, it's... And I put new fresh gas, because it hasn't been running in about four months, so I figured, okay. Because, yes, that was the last time I managed to get dirt riding. It was four months ago. And... Still no light, still no light. Put a whole bunch of ether in, uh, starting fluid. No light, no light. Okay, it's got to be a spark. Resin, I'm about to start pulling off the tank. One last try, and boom, starts right up. So, uh, what, what was it? No fucking clue. Uh, my guess is just a combination of bad gas and low battery. Because I kept on the charger. The oh, day. right. Yeah, yeah, the low battery. Just not enough to spark it. So. And you got, but you got both of your bikes done today, right? No, I still need to order the gasket for the DRZ. Yeah, you got closer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but that's a, you know, put drop it in, put it in, it's good. At least it, so, it, it simple was running. stuff. It was running beforehand. I'm like pissing gas everywhere. Poor Jonathan, who uh, wanted to rebuild the rear hub, the brakes on the Rebel. Yeah. So that was a big lesson for him, uh, pulling it all apart. And I said, just take every single piece apart. And then we'll clean and lube and why do you hate everything. him? It was no, it was no, it was hub. super rusty. It was pretty yeah. pretty seasoned on a out. drum brake. Yeah, the drum brake material actually like I said, fell why do you off hate him? the issue. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, and then that unfortunately, old. when he went to go put on the brand new brakes that he bought, the the pads, wah, wah, wrong, wrong size. size. Yup. But guess what? They are the right size for. He, a, a, a Honda Elite scooter. He might just want to. <laughs> he might just want to get new. Uh, oh, they're they're drums, right? No. Yeah. yeah. Their shoes. So he's got to order some more. But he had a good time, just really digging in, getting everything, and understanding how it works. And I, I told him how when you're taking apart. Has, has everyone here taken apart? Drum brakes, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. The Too bear awesome. trap method. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is how you lose your finger. <laughs> you just gotta spring them up, boing, and make sure you don't lose a finger. Exactly. Yep. So he had a good day, I think. Um, he actually said he's gonna come by this week and take the rebel home for a bit. Wow. All right. Ooh. I know. Does he? Has he worked out the registration and all that? I don't know. Oh, oh last I. We'll just say saw he did. Wasn't. Mm. Yes, it's totally legal. It's totally legal. And Zach, you were quite productive. Yeah. What did you I, get done? I made a new clutch cable for my SV650. The old one, the way that it was, there had a big metal elbow on it that forced it to rub against the <coughs> triple tree, which wore through the sheath in about three days. Mm -hmm. So uh, I bought parts from uh, Flanders Cables. They're down in L.A. 
and uh, made myself a new clutch cable, and that worked great. You've done that twice now. I've always really avoided custom making cables in the yeah. shop. So many things can go wrong, it seems. These these are pretty legit. They're like these little brass fittings where you solder them on, and then you pound down the cable end into the like a a a, a, a kind of a. Yeah, aperture, yeah, receptacle. Use your words. Uh, yeah, I don't have words. Um, and then you fill the whole thing with solder, so it kind of creates a knot. Um, but yeah, my, th- my throttle cables have been working great, and the clutch cable seems to work good. And then I also finished hooking up uh, my Chiltech Vapor. Are they cheaper doing these? Uh, it cost me 30 bucks to buy all the parts to make the clutch. Mm-hmm. Which is Arguably. Too bad. Yeah. Arguably cheaper if you can do it. Um, but yeah, I mean, it worked out. And then I finished hooking up my my Chiltech Vapor. Cool. Put in uh, the thermo- thermometer sensor, got the tachometer working and all that. I got shit done yesterday. I know how it goes down on, on Sundays. I hardly get anything done. So, um, I, Douglas, you'll like it. I put on the crash bars. Oh, nice. Oh, I didn't even look at that. <clears throat> yeah, they're cool. That I found um, cheaper ones on eBay than a lot of the brands people are using that looked nice. They're a tube frame, and so they came in a big box with Russian writing all over it hmm. with Russian instructions. <laughs> I'm surprised yeah. you didn't get, like, a brick. But it had there. photos, so you're okay. <laughs> no. So I did install it and successfully did it with only five pieces left over. Uh, <laughs> Aerodynamic. <laughs> yeah. Efficient. But, yeah, I figured it out, got that on, and I got the... Um, the mini bike ready for next week for dirt bag. I got the uh, carb leak, uh, petcock leak fixed, and I got the kill switch working, so we can go be little hooligans. Can I can I take yeah. that down to the TT track before you sell it? <laughs> <laughs> no, oh, she's selling it to me. And I do have a I do have a green sticker for it. Yeah, right. It's running good. Those I've never installed good. it. Yeah, yeah I think rips on the road. Rip, I want to take yeah. it to dirt. I know it is a lot. Well, you were going to try to drag a knee on it, weren't you? I was thinking about it. <laughs> it wouldn't be hard. You just oh, we two upped on that fucking. Thing. <laughs> <laughs> it took it pretty well too. Yeah, you should have seen Adrian and I two upped on that. On we had what, an XL seventy or seventy five yeah. or something. That, that was not a happy. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, How flat was that rear tire? Yeah, toast. And not got shit done today. Nope. Nothing. I didn't do shit. Nothing. Nope. You drank beer and said, what up? I ding dong. Burritos. And you, you ate burritos and played with the dog. Played with a dog. That's important. He needed some lovey time. And then um, that's it. <laughs> and ejection today. Well, then <laughs> let's get right to the good stuff. Yeah. Who we got here today with us? Yuri in the we- house. Yuri Berrigan. Whoa. So uh, we had Yuri here. Well, it's been a while now, like a couple months ago. Um, uh, and you were talking about how you were going to be going to go to Isle of Man to go race in the Manx. So how'd it go, Yuri? First of all, <clears throat> I want to say what's up to everyone, and thanks for inviting me back to the uh, Motorcycles and Misfits podcast. Let's go, so heavy. indeed. Cool stuff. Thank you, guys. And um, yeah, it's uh, I've been back about six weeks, and we did the interview right before I left. So it's been about seven weeks now since uh, we last spoke. Did you bring the medal? And the medals, oh, mental scars have that's, healed. That's what I forgot. Oh. 
but, but we can right, say it's, it's radio. We can say it's right here. Look at Look it. At <laughs> Look at that thing. <laughs> I did that? watch the I did watch the video of you receiving that. That was pretty yeah. cool. But that would be untrue. Um, I wanted to remind everyone what was so special about Yuri that you were the first one accepted on a supermoto. Do you call it, is there a difference between supermoto and motard? Same thing. Same thing. Uh, One's French. French. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> One's polite. Um, yeah. Super super motard would be the the general classification for um, a four stroke single cylinder motorcycle with okay. uh, road racing or seventeen uh, inch wheels on the front and rear. So that's that's basically yeah, that's how it's classified. Technically yeah. different. So yeah. So you're the first one to go there. Everyone said you you couldn't do it. You're basically riding a dirt bike racing against race bikes. Um, and I wanted to give a little background, too, about the difference between the Manx and the TT. Do you want to explain that? Okay, so the, 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 the Isle of Man TT, you can think of it as that's where professionals come to race the mountain course. That is the designation that um, the Isle of Man administration um, calls the the race course on the island. It's called the mountain course. Now, everyone that you see that's in the televised Isle of Man TT race, all of those people are seasoned veterans that have gone around the course. That particular event happens in the last week of may first week of june every year now w- the event that i raced in was a month later in august and it's referred to as the manx gp and it is a dual festival along with what's called the classic tt so old older motorcycles from around europe and around the world come and gather so they can race older vintage motorcycles around the same course and the manx gp parallels the classic tt in that they have many classes for modern machinery Mm -hmm. and that's how amateurs amateurs gain experience on the mountain course coming from around the world Mm. now everyone that you see in the tt the quote-unquote professional race that happens earlier in the year Even the new people, quote-unquote newcomers to that, have had several years proceeding in the Manx, where they've established times around the course, but it is the same course, the 37 and three-quarter mile mountain course. Um, And I was going to add that the... this was part of the FIM Grand Prix World Championships up until 1976, and where they moved it uh, to England. But they continue to do the races there, and it's billed as the most dangerous track in the world, or the date most dangerous race in the world. This is not kidding around. I mean, this is where you separate the men from the boys. <laughs> There's, um, Isn't that a little gender specific? <laughs> what, 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 the, what the local, the Islander people and the people that have participated f- and been around the Isle of Man racing course for long periods of time, they refer to everything around the course as <coughs> furniture. <laughs> the stone walls, the, <laughs> the wrought iron uh, fencing, the corners of, of homes and buildings. And uh, it was described to me, I, I heard a good analogy. Imagine a road that's 
narrow enough to where you couldn't drive two Cadillacs side by side down this road. Mm. That's how narrow it is. And there's there's no runoff uh, like you would see on what's referred to as a short course cra- uh, track, Laguna Seca, <laughs> Sears Point, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there's just, there's nothing on the side, but really imm- oh, there's something on the side. Immovable, immovable <laughs> objects. Yeah. But even when there's not something, you can launch like high side on a turn and launch for hundreds of feet through the air. Yeah, yeah. Something yes, solid. in some of the places you're in a mountain range that's kind of um, I would compare it. it's it's like windswept grassy hills like uh, you would see in Hollister, <clears throat> California, or even in uh, you know uh, Skyline Boulevard up near San Francisco. Really windy um, pasture type areas with with uh, ancient stone walls, not fences, ancient yeah. stone walls that designate property lines. And if you do go off the road, it, it usually is a 40 or 50 foot drop. And if you're, and if you're carrying speed, you're going to go out about 40 or 50 feet. And then the drop becomes hundred, you know, 110 feet. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. fucked at that point. Yeah. You're a ballistic object at that point. Yeah. You know, what, one of the main Jeez. things I think you want to do while you're there is there's a gray blur, <clears throat> And there's a green blur, and you want to <laughs> stay. stay and, and you want to stay on the gray blur. <laughs> That's a good way. If to it goes it. rainbow or plaid, then you know you're yeah, gone, gone to plaid. Gone to plaid. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. all right. So you go over there. I can't even imagine. Like I've just been. I've done a track day where you're trying to re- memorize a track, and you're right. kind of doing it one turn at a time. Right, right. How many turns are on this track? This course. Uh, I I believe it's somewhere in the neighborhood of right around 200, uh, maybe a handful more, maybe two handful more, <laughs> 200. It's 37 and three quarters miles. So imagine trying to show up somewhere and remember 37 and 38 miles worth of course. Your you know your first spin around it. It's it's going to be. So already that's quite a daunting task. So you yeah. get there. Uh, I'm sure you. Uh, we'll get into like just checking in and all that. But you, the first time you get your rubber onto the track, mm-hmm. how do you even wrap your head around that? How do you do that? What was that like? It was well. I mean, I know we we don't have ten hours to go back and forth and <laughs> explain. Take e- us turn by turn everything that happened, <laughs> but just. Just skipping ahead and leading up to that point that you're getting to about when you've turned your quote unquote first tire on. Well, there was a whole lead up to that that didn't work out. And that first turning of the tire didn't happen for nearly five days into the event. Hmm. So preceding that time, there was a whole series of events that were not conducive to me completing the task i'll just put it that way yeah so there was a huge load of pressure on me um just leading up to turning that first wheel and the thing about going on the track for the first time is that they don't just let you off the chain and you get to go do your thing the first time you go on track you must be led around by an experienced longtime veteran and you're supposed to be led in a group on the first night of practice. <clears throat> mm-hmm. And I just indicated to you guys that I did not get that till the f- fourth day of practice. So not only was that out of the sequence that was supposed to happen, 
um, it, I was put in a position where I had to go out and be led around by someone while the track was live with people blazing mm -hmm. and going for their That's qualifying nuts. time. So it was That's like nuts. I had to um, be cautious. I had to observe everything around me, plus try and mm -hmm. learn the course. And what these guys tell you from right from the beginning, the mentors, the people who um, handle the newcomers and, and kind of guide them through their journey, the first thing they tell you on the first day of meetings is, you're going to get a bunch of practice. Don't try and go out there and set your qualifying time on your first night out. You're going to get so many days of practice at the end of the nine or eight days of practice. Then try and go for your qualifying time then. That's what they instill in you. Well, mm -hmm. the way it worked out, that didn't isn't the way it worked out for me. I'll just leave it at that at this point. But to to your point of what was it like to go around the track for the first time, it's it's amazing, of course. Um, you know, it 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 had to be what it was in the moment, as in play it cool, be mindful. <laughs> Try and absorb everything, yeah. and uh, don't fuck up. Don't fuck up. <laughs> that kind of thing. Were, were you wearing diapers? No, no, I left those at home. <laughs> I left those at home that day. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> All right. So you keep squirreling around something here. What uh -huh. was this whole delay thing? We're. I mean. <laughs> he looks like he doesn't want to talk about <laughs> it. No, well, well, no, no. It's just. It's just so it's so amazing and convoluted at the same time. Okay, so th the way that the Manx um, the way that the Manx event works is there is a rule book, and the rule book is in place for a reason. It's there because th the people that run the event know how they have to run it in order to keep it safe and yeah. to keep it going. So there needs to be. There needs to be um, goals set for each newcomer so that they can have a successful race. And one of those goals yeah. that needs to be met is that you sign in on Friday. You have your first practice of the week on a Saturday. Sunday is a no-go. It's church day, whatever. No, nothing happens. <clears throat> the offices are closed. Then you have practice Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday of that week, and you race. Uh, and you have a practice on Monday, and then you race on Tuesday. That's the way my schedule goes. Every year, it's done the same way. Well, weather can play a factor into it. Delays mm, can okay. play a factor in it. They close the course for your practicing in the evening because the island has to operate all day. People have to go to work. Um, kids have to go to school, et cetera, et cetera. Um, if there is school. I, I, I think school was out of session. But um, So there's a small window to practice, and there's four or 500 guys that all got to get their practicing in. So you're playing against 545 at night and sunset and there and it has to happen all in there okay so you sign in on friday you go to practice on saturday well on the saturday practice that's one of those landmarks that as a newcomer you have to hit you have to participate in that and get your lead lap it's called a le untimed mm -hmm. lead lap and if you don't get that in you don't move forward in the event that's just the bottom line it's a rule so what happened to me was I went through the tech inspection. Did, oh, 
and make sure we leave time to come back to this because I, I would assume they're looking at your supermoto and going, "What the fuck?" Yeah, yeah. So there was all kind of questions about that leading up to it in itself. Yeah. So you can add you can add that to the pile of stress that was on my back. You know about people coming by the tent and going, "That ain't gonna pass tech. This ain't gonna pass tech." Like you know, like looky loo type people trying to you know like you know beat you down a little yeah, bit. Yeah, yeah. Re- really trying to you know. Get get under my skin with a bunch of hearsay type stuff. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So that was a whole little game in itself. <laughs> um, okay, so on the Saturday practice, I got my bike through tech. That went all smooth in the final say. And you tech every night, so there there could be and it's different tech people. You can't get the same tech person every night. Okay, so my bike went into quarantine or the compound. It's called Park Ferme. It sits in there for about 45 minutes before they start the outside track clock and they start lining everyone up. And that's a whole ordeal in itself because there's so many people. They line you up down this boulevard by number and then it's it's incremental start. So you have to wait through this whole line to get up the front. So your, your practice time becomes even more limited because if you're at the back of the line, you don't get let out onto the track. After the track time has expired a little bit, it's like a track day. Well, how, long it's like, that, how long does that staging last for? Okay, so the the practices were only like um, I think the clock was like fifty minutes long, hmm. and if you're waiting in line for like twenty three minutes, you can do the math and see. Okay, I'm only going to get one lap in because when I come back around, the session will be over. Wow. Yeah. So there's rules that say you have to have X amount of laps done by certain times in the schedule, uh, days-wise. Anyways, I line up for my first practice around, and I need to be in my group to be on that lead, untimed lap. My bikes have never been run on course. I need to know where they stand on fuel, et cetera, et cetera. Was there like 10 people in the group? They broke them up into fives. Okay. So there was five, there was three groups of, uh, no, there was uh, five, five, 10, 15, 20, 25. There was five groups. Um, my group slowly inched its way up to the start line. We're getting ready to go. My group leader is right there at the front. We're getting ready to go. My bike stalls. I saw this in the video. <laughs> it's well, that's a whole different thing. That was the actual race. Yeah, I was gonna ask that later. Shitty. That looked like so. My bike stalls. I'm freaking out. I watch my group go into the distance. I am not with them. That was a major thing that I needed to be a part of. So the bike didn't start. It didn't start back up. It didn't start back up. I saw my group go check away. The, check the pet cock. Oh, okay, so <laughs> so I go and I pull my bike. They pull me out of line. They pull me off the road. They get me behind the pit wall. I talk to um, one of the race directors. They say to me, if your bike's not going to start, there's still time in this session. If you can get your backup bike through the tech inspection and back up here before your group comes back around, we'll find someone to lead you around for your lead lap while oh, the shit. other people complete their second lap nice. of the oh my section. God, this is tension. Yeah, oh so I run down, and my, my tent is not close. Because so, your mechanic wasn't there to fix your bike. I was there to fix my bike. <laughs> you are the mechanic. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I take my bike down to my tent. 
and just so happens it's uphill back to the area of everything else. <laughs> You're pushing your bike up? So I get my second bike, pu- push it up to tech in my leathers. I'm pouring sweat. We, I get the thing through tech inspection, but I had to rob parts off one bike, and I had to transfer <clears throat> number plates over and, mm-hmm. and stuff like that. I had to fill it with gas. Um, I get it up there. I get it through tech. The session's still going. I get up onto the... The, the pit wall where I'm going to exit from the the the, uh, the hole in the wall and uh, this bike was an electric start bike and I thumbed the starter it, <laughs> it wouldn't start <laughs> <laughs> did you bump start it? the bike wouldn't start it has a kick starter it wouldn't kick start it won't bump start because it, they both have slipper clutches in them that, that doesn't uh, that doesn't yeah. bump start so we even put them on roller starters. You know, the guys have roller starters there. It would not start. It would not start. They're saying, okay, when that when that clock reaches, say, 23 minutes left in the session, we can't let you go out because there won't be enough time to go around and come back in. So oh I'm curious, God. if, if other, were other people willing to help you? Like, oh, dude, that bro, he needs a hand. Let's all help out. Or were they like, motard motherfucker? <laughs> <laughs> no, I did. It was, it was really cool because people, people cool did rally around. People brought the roller starter over to me roll your bike up on here let's get it started you know I, uh, people came out of the woodwork all of a sudden that's cool and that's that's how this the good karma of this whole trip started to build because of things like that people just coming out of nowhere and helping <clears throat> so i watch the clock i'm trying to start it i'm trying to start it all of a sudden i'm looking up at the clock and it says like 19 minutes left in the session 18 17 there's no hope it's just pack it in. You got nothing. You get oh, nothing. Man. So that was like a main thing, and I was thinking, "That's it. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna get drummed out of this event." I didn't do my lead lap. You know, that's it. And all those people that said you couldn't do it, they were it was right. Like haunting you <laughs> yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was a bunch Wait, of. It was, was like it was like that thing in The Simpson where the kid points at him and he goes, "Ha!" <laughs> was there sabotage Maybe involved? Oh. Okay. Uh oh. So we get. So I take the bikes back down to my tent and and I tear these things apart, top to bottom, till about eleven o'clock at night. And uh, so we're checking air fuel spark, right? Which which is the missing ingredient? They're all there. It's got air. It's got fuel. It's got spark. I put everything back together. It's getting super dark. It's just dark. I'm doing things by headlamp, no light, blah, blah, blah. And finally, a couple guys that I had begun to make relationships with came over to the tent and they were like, just just stop. Just stop. You're going to be able to, uh, you know, tomorrow's Sunday. It's a rest day. You can go through everything. We'll talk to, to the um, officials and we'll get you on a lead lap and, you know, we'll make it good on Monday morning. So I go to bed just sick, you know, obviously, just sick, couldn't eat no food, my stomach was just jacked up, had just a little bit of water, Um, get a shitty night's sleep, wake up at like five in the morning, go into my little pit tent, get the bike all put back together with the final pieces, and uh, then I um, hooked up with this guy. And he's like, hey, let's just uh, go get some breakfast and stuff. So the first thing we did, though, before we went to breakfast, is we drove out to this uh, this place that the locals call the Ferry Bridge. And it's a place where all racers mm-hmm. that come to the island pay their respects at this little 
place that it's a little bridge over a brook that people feel have you know like superstitious or or magical powers that the island yeah. that the islanders believe in and yeah. you, you pay your respects to the fairies is what it's called it's what it's referred to as so i chucked them a couple bucks a couple shillings into the water and uh, i said hello to the fairies we went and had breakfast <laughs> we came back to the tent I got on the bike, first kick, the thing just fires right up. Yeah. You just got to pay your respects, that's all. <laughs> that's it. So hey. the, the blue bike, same thing, fires right up. Hey, Jim, can you do me a favor? <laughs> can you stand up and grab that little bell that's on the beam? Stand up. Like, that's easy. <laughs> I believe you had the road trolls. Oh, <laughs> yeah, the gremlin so, bell. Yeah, so... so uh, <laughs> Right on the beam, next up to the top, oil. Next to the wood uh, joists. Up. Right, yeah, yeah, right, right there. there. Grab it. Right there. Grab it. Your hands on it. Yuri, I present to you a gremlin bell. Yeah, that's that's part of the that's the These tradition. These only right there. work if they are gifted to you. You cannot buy it. Yep. Oh wow! I don't think that's going to pass tech. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is that safe to wear it on? Safety wire the shit out of your box. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. You need to put that on your bike. Yeah, so everyone the next day, you know, after breakfast, on the way to lunch time and everything, everyone was like, you know, the long timers were like, hey, man, that was that was fairy stuff going on for whatever reason. <laughs> Everybody ran down there and did it. Right yeah. then, for whatever reason, you were not meant to be out on course that night. Yeah. I kind of believe this. Yeah. I don't believe in a lot of shit, but I'm willing to believe this shit when it comes to motorcycles and them just not working. <laughs> That maybe there's maybe maybe well, something sure. somebody's looking out for you. No. I'm I'm right there with you on this one because it was weird. It was yeah. definitely weird, and uh, you know, going forward after doing the whole paying the respects to the fairy things, um, things started to turn around for sure, for sure. But there was still a huge storm to uh, push through just going forward from that day. So yeah. you know, did you meet McGinnis? Uh, I got a good story about that. Is his teeth really that fucked up? Could you understand anything he said? <laughs> that guy's a road troll. I tell you what, that guy looks like the hunchback of fucking England. Oh my god! <laughs> Jesus, yeah. at two hundred miles an hour. Oh, that kind of fucking money. You think you get your teeth fixed? You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a British thing. No way, it's man. I, I think he's English. a really handsome gentleman. I think you're out of your fuck. I think you crashed there, man. Because you're out of your fucking mind. No, no. It's, it's all good. He's, he's do you, do you want to share that story now? Well, it's 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 in a way in a way it's sort of secondhand. What what uh, what ended up happening was um, there's a longtime announcer who sits at a certain spot on the course and he's been doing the announcing for like 30 years, and he's a well-known gentleman over there. Well, anyways, his son, I guess. Uh, earned an entry in Newcomers B this year. And what he wanted to do is he wanted to be at the grandstand, the start-finish line, for his son's inaugural um, takeoff from the start-finish. So who who did they have stand in as the uh, special guest commentator? None other than Mr. John McGinnis. He sat in the commentator's box, and during my race, he sat and commentated at a certain spot that's called the hairpin it's a famous turn on the course um as everyone came by and there is a podcast somewhere of him uh commentating on the race and he actually had to put eyes on me and make a comment about <clears throat> my writing when i came along yeah. now i thought Bloody it, hell. <laughs> now, now i thought it would be a cheeky comment like 
I don't even know what that guy was doing or, you know, I don't even know what he was on, but I guess he was super gracious and there's good comments sitting somewhere on a podcast from the one and only John McGinnis about my we writing. We gotta find that. Yeah. 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 Cool. Okay, so you you Monday morning you got your lead lap? <clears throat> no. <laughs> no. So okay. So okay. here's here's where it gets thicker. It gets thicker. So because I want to get to when you actually rode on the yeah, track. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> I'm I'm sitting all weekend with the, all this nonsense building up in in my brain. The stress levels are at max. You could say they're at eleven at this point. <laughs> and uh, so Monday morning rolls around, right? And we wait all day for practice. They've arranged a lead lap for me. You know, all good. So at about, I go through tech inspection, and at about 4.30, the clouds start rolling in off the ocean. <laughs> hey, that's awesome. <laughs> the, the practice is due at 6 o'clock. Well, it starts pouring rain promptly at 5.15. <laughs> eh, nice. Practice is canceled for Monday night. So we all go back to our caves, put the bikes away, and wait for the next day. So Tuesday rolls around. We go through tech inspection. Practice is slated for six o'clock. We get the bikes in the park ferme about quarter after four. The rain rolls in. <laughs> Tuesday rained out. Go back to go back to your homes. Okay, yeah, so I've seen people race in the rain though on theirs. Okay, so here's the, the rule. Track. Here's the rule. In the lowlands, it can be pissing rain, and they'll let people out on track. The catch is, is if the clouds blow across the highlands in the mountains and there's zero visibility up there, you if they can't, can't let, yeah. if they can't land the helicopter, practice <clears throat> is canceled. It's a safety thing. Yeah. It's Do people not, have rain slick tires? You can change to rains. Yes. Huh. Yes, rains rains are allowed. What about the tech? Is the tech just like on a track day? I mean, is it very similar to? Uh like almost the same thing were you really prepared for that or was there stuff that it, you weren't it's uh, almost the same only a hundred times more stringent yep so are they it, looking for like drilled bolts and stuff like that safety it, wire it, the whole deal or it, it, no they're looking for the safety wire to be spun the right direction holy shit and be pretty and neat and be legitimate like aerospace legitimate not wow. not no track day just put some tape on it yeah, yeah, yeah. that don't fly damn dude that don't freaking fly yeah so about how many bikes were knocked out of tech you know, I couldn't I couldn't tell you that number, but what I do know is that there was 27 bikes entered in my class, and by the main event there was nine. Oh, jeez! Wow, that's a lot. Of so attention. that's yeah. that's the attrition that you see at this event, whether it be from mechanical failure, mental failure, physical failure. Yeah, there's a lot of um, there's a lot of variables going it's, on. It's like almost that you don't want you racing that thing. <laughs> they they do they do put you through a lot in order to test your fortitude and I found yeah. that out later in the event that a lot of the stuff is put in place to test your fortitude to yeah. see if you have the right stuff to be in their event that's yeah. that's true that's true I want to see how you were received being the you don't want to hear the rest of the story well I do but <laughs> I want I want to make sure we get to how you were received because I want to see if that affected all these things that you were going through well when I got there it was my head was down obviously no one's paying any attention but the first time the bike went through tech people started seeing it rolled through the paddock and obviously that was an, an anomaly a yeah. sort of a 
a weird gimmicky thing and people were asking me like is that bike in the event or are you just rolling it around you know what's going on yeah yeah there was a lot of questions swirling around and there was a lot of rumor going around um then people saw me with the stall predicament up in my first thing and there started to be some things popping up on social media, some pictures of the bike up there and everything. And yeah. so at that point, it was just kind of like an oddity type situation. <laughs> but um, the, people yeah, had people had known going into this event that I was that I was coming from the United States with this thing. What the first day that I got there, I went to go get a bottle of water at the store, and there was some motorcycle mags on the shelf, and I thumbed through, and I got and I got one. And I went back to my little hut and was reading it, and there was an article in the magazine about me. I, I, I was tripping on that. I was like, well, no one contacted me about this. Oh, really? You know, oh, wow. It was just this article. This guy from California, he's coming to test the Isle of Man, blah, blah, blah. So that was kind of cool. Um, but I, hate, I hate it when that happens. <laughs> when, uh, so often. After that Tuesday rainout, we went for Wednesday, and they were like, okay you're way down on laps there's two other newcomers in that same boat with no laps they didn't get their lead lap so instead of us putting you in the back what we're going to do is we're going to put you up front of everyone in the event and we're going to send you out with a, a with a, a lead guy to lead you around 10 minutes before everyone goes out nice Rad. so at at this weird stage i'm in the front queue and I look back, and there's you know 400 bikes lined up. <laughs> I'm in I'm in the pit row of Isle of Man on my supermoto in the front of all these people. Jesus, you know? please yeah. don't stop! Please don't stop! The rumors were <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was a really cool, cool feeling. It was it was stressful and everything, but it was really neat. Okay, and can I just point out, you're on a supermoto, which isn't the fastest bike there. <laughs> right. They're sending you out in front of 400 people. Yeah. Oh yeah. my God, that's like a nightmare. <laughs> Being chased by all these bikes. Yeah, yeah. I thought it, I thought it would be, you know. A, a Were you little... on the supermoto naked? Was it? Naked? <laughs> yeah, I felt like it. <laughs> but um, I figured ten minutes ahead of everyone that give us a really good chance to be way out on the course before yeah. they started sending people out, which it, it it did it did work out that way. And and what was neat about the course is that the guy that was leading me. Um, was this really big medicine guy um, on a high-powered team. His bike was really nice, and I thought he was just going to um, you know, jam away and be gone. And he, he kept a really spirited pace, and it ended up being really relaxed. And once I got a couple corners into the course, it was like... Phew, I was at home. I was. Nice. I, I really had fun. It was like yeah. true fun. There it is. And yeah. I, and I, I really forgot about the surroundings and just was on a road ride, you know. So Rad. and then what was weird about it is that like the people that were with me were actually holding me up. Like he was starting to gap us, and they weren't getting it done in front of me. And I had the mindset of you know let everyone go in front of you because you're going to be the slowest on the slowest bike. And it didn't work out that way. They were checking up for corners that I could just rail around, and yeah, you know it, it just it was just fun. What was it, your top speed going through that? Because like I, I understand you're on a 450, right? Right, right. And you're just wide open throughout the whole wide damn open, time. right, right. So they have um, all the sectors have electronic timing and scoring, mm -hmm. and there's one particular 
particular sector that measures your top speed and the first time through there um, was untimed yeah. so I didn't have any indication of what the top speed was oh right right okay yeah but when I came around they had told us if you come around to the start finish line and there is not a checkered flag that means your session is not over and you can do a flying lap go yeah you'll be off the chain you can do passing if you need to do passing whatever you want so when i came around the the lead instructor that i was behind he was gone he had already ditched me and there was a green green flag still displayed yeah so i just knew i could do whatever i wanted and at that point i just I just blazed. Yeah. And the weird thing about it is, is we're already on uh, on Wednesday night. So my window for a qualifying time had become very small. And I didn't know where I stood on what the bike would do around the course. Right. So I just put my head down and I just went. And after that first time around, it seemed like I had learned the course. Yeah. I had remembered all the corners. So when I went around the second time, uh, I did a full lap. I came in, I parked the bike, I went up to the timesheets, and my very first time was a 27.37. Okay. 27 flat was the qualifying time. So I knew right then that we were super close. Yeah. It's like 23 seconds off. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. no, a little, 33 seconds off? Yeah, 33 seconds off. So right then I knew that we were in a good position to qualify the bike. So the next day, Thursday night rolls around. There had been rain. It was spotty wet. No one is expected to do a qualifying time when it's wet. Yeah. It was just spotty wet. So I knew it would be iffy. Yeah. There could be rivers going across any point of the course. It would be like, you know, the hills in Santa Cruz. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> before I went out, into that session, there's this guy. This guy. This guy. This guy that I met. He came over to my tent and he introduced himself, and I had no idea who he was. He right? said, "Do you cruise hard?" That wasn't the accent he had, but <laughs> but <clears throat> he's like, I talked to a few of my friends. He just put it like that. I talked to a few of my friends, and. Uh, here's what we think you should do in order to get that qualifying time today. You're going to have to do do it pretty quick. And yeah. all along, these guys are saying you're going to have to ease into it. Well, there was no easing into anything. Yeah. I had to seize my opportunity to make that qualifying time as soon as possible. What he said is the first thing is, is that now you know the fuel consumption you know, there was questions about my fuel. He's like, you know, you have enough fuel to do two laps if you make the main event. That's already done and said. The next thing you need to do is you need to get as small as you can on the motorcycle. You need to get as aerodynamic because your top speed is fuck all. It's yeah. it's nothing. It's not enough. That 27 lap, 27, 30, 37 lap the day before, down the straightaway, I was clocked at 108 miles an hour. Mm. They told me that I would need to be at least 123 miles an hour in order to qualify. I'd like to say in the TT, I think they're getting up to about 200. At they least. Yeah. 200, at yeah. least. Yeah. At least. Yeah. But that's the you know the professionals in the A group or whatever. So yeah, mine's just the, the, mine's the little right. lightweight. That's fucking cruising hard, bro. <laughs> but what I found out, though, looking at the timesheets, is that the people in my class were doing anywhere from 123 <clears throat> to 140 down that same straight. Hmm. So... 
they're in a much better position to make the 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 average qualifying speed needed. So you're in the C's or B's? I'm in newcomer C. Okay. Which is the lightweight classification. Yeah. So this guy who tells me all this stuff, come to find out later, he's like friend of the stars. I mean, this guy hangs with Ryan Farquhar, McGinnis, M- Martin. Um, people, Ian, people know him. Ian Hutchins. Yeah. Yeah. This guy is a known guy. He did very well in the, the 250 class when it was 252 strokes, which they call um, that one is the uh, um, B. It's the B class is what that is. Lightweight is what they call that one in TT. So um, he gives me some words of advice, whatever, go <laughs> on. And uh, I get my bike. It looks like it's going to be clear, spotty, wet. We get up there on Thursday night, and I make this goofy decision that I'm going to fill my four-gallon gas tank half full. Yeah, I'm going to yeah. lose a fuel load to get, get the bike as light as I can and try and just squeak it by if I make the checkered flag to get a flying second lap. That's yeah. my game plan, and get as small as I can on the bike. So I get the green flag. Everything's going cool. I put my head down. I, I've, I've hit all the markers do a blazing good lap get around and there's no checker flag it's green go, i keep go, go, i go. keep going <laughs> head down and i get about eight miles in and, and there's this long straightaway um it's called the cronk vadi straightaway and i look i'm my my tank is transparent so i looked on the side of it and i could see that my fuel was very low already <laughs> so i made a decision and i cranked it onto reserves at that point because it was a straightaway and so i could mm-hmm. divert attention there for a moment and get the thing on reserves well I get around the course and there's a delineation between the low levels of the course and the mountain of the course. And the first flag station I went by into the mountain, there was a yellow flag displayed and I could see the pea soup of the clouds had blown in. Every station that I hit from that point was displaying the yellow flag and I couldn't see nothing. I, it was like I could see probably 10, 15 feet in front of me. Shit. That's no good for making a qualifying time. No. So I no, went. But it's I went good for commuting in San Francisco. I went from eighty miles an hour down the straightaway to like under twenty. It was that thick. Oh, the pea soup. So when I got to the edge of the mountain section, it's like a it's like a water slide plunge at the end. It's called Kate's Cottage, and it just drops out of the clouds, and you make your way down to this iconic pub called the Craig Nabah, and it's a long, long straightaway down to it. Well, Is right, it a brick bar with a brick front? It's got a brick front. Yeah, oh, yeah. It's an it's a, yeah. It's an iconic bar in the middle of nowhere, in the middle of like the back forty of the course. So I'm going down the straightaway and my bike starts to, to misfire. Uh, 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 uh. I know it's gas. I know it's out of gas. I know right away. So I pull in the clutch and the thing dies and I roll into the Craig Nabah and immediately people are pouring over the walls of the of the pub and I have this crowd of like 50 people around me. Some are saying, "We'll push start you." The other half are saying, What's wrong? What's, what, what's wrong? What's yeah. wrong with your bike? The and then the here? other people have have a beer. Have a beer. They yeah. have yeah. their have cell bike. phones and they're waving them in my face, saying, "You've done it." They're just yelling, "You've done it! You've done it!" 
And I wasn't paying attention to none of that shit <laughs> because, because I looked down on the right side of my gas tank and where the gunnel hangs down, I can see a shadow of fuel in there. Extra special well, reserve. Yeah. Well, I knew right then that the tank wasn't, which I thought designed that it would cross over in all circumstances. Uh, yeah. It was trapped. Uh, right. The gas was trapped on that right hand side. Classic. I dumped the bike on its side and sloshed all the gas over there, picked it back up, Bam, it started right up. Everyone's like, go, go, go. Because in the in the in the grand scheme of things, you need lap count yeah. by a certain day. So I needed to get finished that second lap, and I was only like six miles from the finish. So I blasted it back out onto the course. I went down like two miles to the next little checkpoint, and there's a guy standing in the road with a red flag waving to me and and i pull over because you got to obey everyone there and he's like get off the course and i said i i can make it he's like i don't care i said come on man i need the second lap i need the second lap to qualify and he's like you get nothing you got one lap in your second your second lap will not count park your bike so i didn't argue with the guy i leaned it up against the hay bales he came over and he said you have to wait till the course is cleared to be opened and then you can ride back to the grandstands so i had to wait like 10 or 11 minutes they opened it to public traffic here i am riding my race bike with everyone in regular commuter nighttime <laughs> oh, traffic <laughs> i was fuming mad about the guy's attitude because he really wasn't all that decent to me so yeah. i stormed my way into uh the start the the uh race control and the lady in there super nice lady that that was part of the race director um contingent she told me you know just calm down calm down you'll get more days to practice you know you'll you'll get your your other two days of practice that you'll need to have in your pocket along with your qualifying time well okay so i left there i rolled my bike down to the marquee where i w had my tent set up and there was like there was like a crowd of people probably 60 people around the tent when i rolled in there and they were just just freaking out you did it you did it you did it so what had happened was is i did a 26 34 on that first lap oh, nice. i did my qualifying Oof. time in that in that one shot and so it was like that night i probably went to bed with like 29 friends on the social media yeah and i woke up in the morning to like 300 friends requests i was yeah. watching that happen and there was like all these pictures on social media of people just just flooded i mean things just changed overnight it was so bizarre yeah like oh. it like <laughs> it all became real and everyone who had said like you can't do it your bike will never do it it was just like whoa well, this guy is, is yamaha gonna send you a check or anything at all about this the yeah. yamaha yeah. preparation maybe <laughs> extra <laughs> pistons or <laughs> i want to make sure we cover the controversy why it was such a controversy for you to be there and is it still uh, a controversy uh because they're saying was it all because you hang your leg out was this the biggest problem <laughs> right <clears throat> after after that first night of legitimate practice when i set the qualifying time um each night you have to go through another tech inspection and they take this little magic wand and they touch it on your transponder when you're in the line and it sends a signal to a computer and the lady either gives you a thumb up from the garage to move forward in your little in your inspection regime or she gives you a thumb down well she gave me a thumb down and I was like what 
and they all have headphones on with microphones and I can tell the guy's listening to instructions and he leans over to me and pulls his headphones off and he says, race direction has a hold on your technical inspection. You need to go talk to race direction right now. So I lean my bike up against the wall and I go in there and the, the, the lady's like, the race director is in the tower right now because practice is, is getting ready to commence. He can't speak to you. I know what he wants to speak to you about. Come in this office. So I get pulled into this office and she shuts the door and she said, we've gotten wind that on social media, there are pictures everywhere of you with your foot down on the course. You can't do that. And I said, I just agreed with her. Okay. She's, she said, this isn't a short course. Your, your feet must remain on the pegs at all times. No mm-hmm. touching of, no touching of feet on the course during your runs. I said, okay, that's fine. That's fine. She's like, you need to do that from now on. Do you, do you, do you understand what I'm telling you? And I said, yes. And I, and I before I left the office, I said, I just have one question for you. Have any of the marshals on course said that I've been riding erratically or in an unsafe manner? And she said, well, no. And I said, had any other competitor complained that I was riding erratically or in an unsafe manner? And she said, well, no. And I said, okay, that's all I wanted to to get clear with you. And I turned around and I walked out. And so the, the hold on my bike tech got cleared and I went through tech inspection and I went out that night on Thursday night just to circulate because I'd already done my qualifying time so it was just to play it cool get course knowledge and and so I toyed around with keeping my foot up on the bike for that for that practice yeah wasn't too difficult getting your weight over the front though right you just kind of just leaned over <clears throat> a little bit more or um I mean, no like- no no there's a there's a funny little thing that happened during this whole thing is that that night I got a funny email and there are over 500 corner workers on that course because they each need to see each other from corner to corner there can be oh, for signaling there's can be no visual blank spots across the whole course so it takes an army of volunteers to do that mm-hmm. well in an appreciation and thank you to those course workers they hold what's called the marshal supper every day it's a uh, every year it's a tradition and it's only the marshals no competitors and no other people are allowed in this special banquet yep I got this email from one of the marshals, and it said, hey, would you be our guest at the marshals' no dinner way. tonight? Oh, shit. Oh, wow. And I was That's like, cool. I, I immediately texted her back and was like, sure, no problem. And then I started asking my longtimer friends who are Manx men who are born mm-hmm. and raised, and they were like... They were like, the last guy that got invited to that was this guy, and he's just some big medicine guy, you know, and he was the one guy. Yeah. If you get invited to this, it's a great honor. You don't refuse it, and you humbly accept. This is huge that you go to this. Okay, so I texted the lady back. My dad had actually come over that that the, the night before, and I said, hey, can my father come and go to this? And they're like, sure, sure. So we go over there to this big VIP pavilion, and we go to the 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 front door and they you know they let us through and they're like this way they're like come this way come this way and they brought us to this big round table and it's like you know there's like a hundred tables in this giant pavilion and it's packed with people and they bring us to this table up front by the stage and it has this reserve thing on it and 
and they tell us to sit there and it's like only me and my dad and like everyone's staring at us and it was like, it was like are they this, bringing out the knives and yeah, read the course it doesn't turn into like a money we're like looking around and everyone was coming over the table and like saying hey we saw your we saw you ride today when you came by this position like where they were marshalling you you were you were going crazy it was cool and we couldn't believe it and this and that <laughs> so people were just coming around you know keep leg out legal so the main guy the, the the second in command of all the marshals he comes over and he's like hey uh you know after we um go through some awards for some of our marshals and make some announcements we 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 come up on stage and talk with us for a minute and i'm like sure you know just like this sitting down and, mm -hmm. and having fun with people Dude, that's so, fucking rad. So, so they call me up on stage in the middle of this thing, and it's like the lights are all low, and they got a spotlight. You know, it's like a whole theater production. <laughs> and I'm sitting up with this guy talking one-on-one, -on -one and it's like one of those Duke videos where they're talking to the bigwigs of mm -hmm. TT, and they're having this conversation on that same stage yeah, and everything. Yeah, yeah, it's that yeah. same stage where they have that, the VIP pavilion. Uh -huh. And it's the TT stuff behind you. And Anyways, my dad's there with the video camera. He videotapes this whole interview and it goes on for like 35 minutes and he 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 taped the whole thing they had this question and answer time and they passed the microphone around and someone asked me that hey why is your foot on the ground and i go into this big explanation about how it's not it's not like a rossi thing where you see him dangling his foot out in moto gp for me it's a safety thing to hold my bike up in case the front washes because it's long travel when you're on a super bike you have the short travel in the front the three inch travel yeah, yeah. and you, then you you want to use your knee out because you you got a lot of weight on that front end well for me with 12 inches of travel on the front when you get on the gas, it changes the weight distribution. And when you get weight off the front and you're in a corner, because you got to gas it through the corners to hold corner speed on my bike, then it ha does this thing where it wants to tuck or it wants to wash. Yeah. Then throw in gravel, painted lines, water on the floor, all kinds of stuff. So when I lose the front end, I actually push up my foot. Well, by the end of this whole song and dance explanation, everyone in the whole pavilion stands up and starts clapping you know because wow. every, finally oh, figured it out everyone gets it, it. it. everyone freaking gets it from that point one of us like one, one of us, us. <laughs> yeah so then so is it all the rage now social media just you know gets wind of all that stuff that went on because there was a lot of people there yeah. well from that point on the, the administrators didn't hassle me you know that's pretty cool we're already at the hour mark we're winding up so i want to make told sure you, you needed 10 I hours know. for this story no, i want to make sure race. you you keep talking about you qualified uh-huh what does that mean and what is next okay. to qualify for an event you must meet the minimum time requirements laid out in their rule book so for each class of motorcycles you must meet a minimum requirement of circulation around the course in order to be considered to participate in your main event the reason why they have those markers in place is because even if you were to be accepted on an application they can't just have someone they absolutely do not want any quote-unquote touring out on the course mm -hmm. you're there to go no squids there you're there to 
do the business. You're yep. not there to fool around. So they have these minimum times laid out because <clears throat> you could have a really good road racer go over there and not make the minimum time just because for whatever reason they're not comfortable with the with the environment of the walls the slickness of the pavement learning all these corners it's not like short course at all so that's why the qualifying times are in place and to go along and piggyback with that notion these guys have been doing this course for so long the timing and scoring people and they have the sectors laid out to where they know exactly how many miles per hour you have to carry in order to make x amount of time it's like a mathematical equation Mm -hmm. you can't cheat the math in any way and that's what they were telling me they were saying your bike does not make the top speed needed in the straightaway sections in order to make that time because there is no way you can make the difference up in corner speed quote unquote on the slow corners yeah well could you put well, could you yeah. put like a could you put like a turbo in there or like nitrous can, can you do no. that no, that's so, not okay, a, but no, but you can out corner the super bikes. How about yeah. uh, how about a KTM six ninety or something? That's totally allowable. It's yeah. zero to seven hundred and fifty cc four stroke singles. Bang! There it is for that class. So, are nice. you going back? <clears throat> the gears, the gears are definitely in motion, and I, I do have a desire. And I'm making plans right sounds now. Sounds like you need sponsorship. <laughs> yeah. It sounds like you're a hooked. <laughs> I, I am. I am. De- something has definitely changed in my mind, and yeah. and the I feel, I feel so comfortable there, and what happened this year was so positive is that I had people already approach me with with offers. Well, that, and some are some are for no money, and then there are offers where I would produce money to to participate well, that's cool. again. Sweet. So, yeah. um, quick question. Think, oh, no, okay. Like uh, a community, you, we were talking about how uh, when you got up there, um, we were asking about how you were received kind of weirdly at first but then like people started coming out of the woodworks and and people were just helping you out and it was very grassroots kind of an environment because everybody everybody there is kind of like on their bucket list and they yeah want to do that yeah it's 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 an incredible environment for sure in that everyone there is is so immersed and so into what's going on it's not just like oh these guys are racing motorcycles and i don't really know really what goes on out there i mean these guys are from from little children to wives to girlfriends to to husbands to participants the knowledge level is huge meaning they know exactly what's going on they know about the schedules they know about the mindset they know about the history they know about what it takes and then Along with that, there's the crews and the r- other riders are are super knowledgeable and super into it and willing to help. I saw, I ran across zero selfishness the whole time. I think I saw one petty argument over parking the whole time I was there. <laughs> and you see that all the time at short course racing right. here at our tracks. Yeah. There's always petty arguments about space and power outlets and, yeah. Yeah, and, say, yeah. and stuff like that. And it's that's just not even 
that's not present there. Yeah, you mentioned all. the community and the environment. Yeah, I was thinking like how opposite that is about race courses in the states that I've seen. Like, yeah, Sake, where you have the wankers who move next to a racetrack that's been there for decades yeah. and then complain about the noise. Mm. Right. I mean, these people that live there, their front yards are off limits. They can't get their cars in and out for three hours a night. You know, it's closed off. But they're all good with it. They'll sit out on their porch with their beers and row seats. Oh, yeah. 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 Well, it sounds like you started out just having a miserable experience and it completely turned around. It, it did. It did turn around in that I, I began hitting my markers as far as what did I need to have happen. But the thing is, is that there are rules about how many laps you need to get in. And all of my stress went up to the night before the race because I brought two motorcycles and the rules say that whichever motorcycle you use in the main event there has to be a qualifying time done on that motorcycle and it has to have at least two laps under its belt Hmm. so when I say that I set that qualifying time I set it on my blue bike on the on the Tuesday night before the race I had to take On the Monday and Tuesday night before the race, I had to take my white bike out, get laps on it, and make a qualifying time on that bike, too. Mm -hmm. And there was always a question about the weather and getting all that done. And they had said that you will not know if you're in the main event till the morning of the main event when they post the list, qualifying Mm -hmm. time or not. So I had always had this thing in my chest about... My place in the main event was always in a precarious position until I saw my name on that list. So I didn't want to believe it till my name was on there. So I had sure. stress all the way to the night before. So it just it just everything compiled all the way up to the, you know, 8 hours before the race. So all in all totally worth it. Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> I mean, we we sit around here and and we BS about it and we talk about looking back on it, but in my mind to do something that no one else has ever done before and to have those people recognize it is a pretty pretty awesome thing. Yeah, well, it was like you had a great time. I how is the beer out there? <laughs> the thing is is I did not touch a drop of alcohol till I finished my race <laughs> and then I had mixed drinks all night. Uh, but those uh, people over there it's they get down. Uh, uh, it's beers. Yeah. I didn't see the the bartenders there mix one mixed drink. They got the easiest job in the world. They just pour beer all night. Yeah. <laughs> they don't mix one drink. Well, I'm I'm really glad that you came in to share this story. I know that just I was watching everything happening. I was watching as it was happening on your Facebook page, and then I was also watching the responses you were getting, right? And, right. and how you were inspiring other people. Yeah, like, yeah, dude, that was I've really weird. Huh? To do that. Yeah, how many supermotos are we going to yeah. see next year out there? So, yeah. but I just have one last question for you before we wrap on this. Do you believe in fairies? Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and, I do too now. Every morning I would say hello to the fairies. Every freaking morning. And then tell them, get out now. <laughs> Some, someone even gave me a little pewter fairy pin, and it rode along with me in my inside pocket nice. for the race. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, 
Hopefully, you'll keep coming back in for more podcasts and sharing yeah, stories. I want, to, I want to hear more. Yeah. I know. Yeah. We didn't right. get to the race. Or, yeah. I know. Yeah. Yeah. I know. We'll have a, yeah. we'll have a Yuri you, part three. You did it, and that's what's amazing. Yeah. But yeah, that's I, awesome. I wanted to make sure we had some time to cover some emails we got that were really I, amazing. I feel like we're in a rap video, like, yo, we made it, son. We made it, Santa Cruz. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We made it, everyone. <laughs> Mike got his first fan mail, I want to say. Mike, you want to share that email? Yes, I do. (laughs) Yes, I fucking do. What's the title on that one? The title is Cruising Hard. (laughs) That's by my man, Jim Ross. Is this going to be a poem? It's worth setting up like (laughs) that. By my man, Jim Ross. There once was a man from... It's a haiku. (laughs) No, all right. Um, All right, so... First of all, yeah, that's pretty cool. My wife and I were watching that thing on the. Uh, uh, we were watching some of the videos, and and it was it's pretty sick. I have a bunch of questions to ask too that I I figured might interest people, but um, I mean I'll save them for another time. It just all right. I just remember watching everybody get up to the start for the first time, and just like thinking like, oh my god, that was Yuri. You know what I mean? Like how fucking crazy. The amount of work. This is all in that email? Yeah, yeah Jim Ross wrote this shit. Thank you, Jim. Thank you. Thanks, Jim. Thank you, Jim. Anyway, Jim Ross. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, guys, just wanted to drop an email to you from East Coast. Me and my friends listen to you every week. We're a little older. 40s on up group, but uh, you haven't seen how much gray hair is in this garage, yeah. have you? Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, some of the guys in the garage have a hard time getting out of the seats, you know what I mean? <laughs> uh, but we love hearing the new riders tell their tales of woe, and as we have all been there. I've been riding motorcycles since I was 10 years old. I've always favored dual sports, but as the years went by and my friends changed, I found myself on Harleys back in the 90s and did everything most people do with them. Uh, Make them faster, add chrome, join a one percenter club, get in fights at bars, run from cops, and dress like a pirate. (laughs) 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 That is truly What a stereotype. There you go. When I got married, I sold the bike uh, and left that world behind. Living in the country on dirt roads, I found myself back on dual sports, and I love it. Currently, I have a second-generation KLR 650 and love it. Nice. Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck, I lost my spot. <laughs> Mike, you're hot. Yeah, he wrote yeah, he that did. shit. I lost my spot. Yeah. yeah. Okay. This is like really well written. I bet you his wife wrote it. Um, <laughs> Just this year, he his Harley once doesn't mean he's a complete idiot. Hey. <laughs> this year, what? All right, all right, all right, stop. This year has been a difficult, uh, as I lost my stepfather to cancer. Sorry, Jim. A long-time biker who had got me into riding Harleys, he left um, me this 2000 Superglide, so I found myself back in the Harley realm again. As soon as my close friend found out I got a Harley, he bought one. Guess he secretly wanted one for a long time, but as dual sport riders we always bashed Harley riders for the same reasons you guys do (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about (laughs) I plead the fifth after hearing Mike's Cruising Hard podcast episode (laughs) hi-oh see people stay cruising hard and it's not just me I figured you guys might like to see how we do it on the east coast you know what I'm saying because we do it hard (laughs) I have attached some videos I put on YouTube to our trip I rode my stepdad's bike um, 
So he rode the Harley uh, Super Glide. Um, keep up the good work on the podcast. I love hearing it uh, from Georgia. And he says, uh, the reason for the do-rag is to wipe spilled gas off your tank and to wipe your hands if they get nasty. That makes so much more sense. Yeah. Yeah. Good to know. It does. It does. <laughs> and then you can transfer Thanks, it to Jim. your head. Yeah, Thanks thank you for that Jim. email and for the videos. That was really awesome. <laughs> Doug, what you got? Uh, we have an email here from Kathleen. Uh, she writes, hi, guys. Love your podcast. Hey. I learned how to ride a motorcycle this summer in time for my 40th birthday. My husband, who's a Harley rider, was willing to teach me so long as I took an MSF class. He went out right. and bought me a wonderful little 1986 Honda Rebel 250 in May. Kat knows all about that bike. <laughs> she, I can't. She literally can't even. Can't I, even. But Mary, Mary's ready for one. I oh, ran to the DMV year. and got myself a learner's permit. Learning was really hard for me. I didn't learn to ride a bicycle until I was an adult, so none of it came naturally. Mm. Add on that I am nervous. That I am a nervous person by nature and was absolutely terrified. Thankfully, my husband has incredible patience, and the parking lot turned into the neighborhood, which turned into bigger roads and a 200-mile trip <clears throat> each way hey. from Chicago to Dubuque, Iowa, where I promptly dropped my poor little Honda in the parking lot of the Harley-Davidson dealership. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, better the Honda scary. than a brand-new Harley, I guess. Uh, if it weren't for listening to your podcast and your honesty about the oopsie moments, <clears throat> I would have given up. The last podcast I had listened to included you all making fun of one of the guys for having a minor accident. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, we did do that, that recently, Wait, right? Who was that? I, I realized was my daughter. I realized yeah. it happens, yeah, Jake. Jake. and that I am way too hard on myself. <laughs> I wouldn't have focused on the fact that I handled uh, pouring rain on the way home, and that all of our lunch stops and gas stops were just fine. Uh, I would have focused on my mistake. Hearing that stupid things are done by other people really helped me move past that and allowed me <laughs> yeah. to keep riding, which I love. We're a source of stupid shit. So <laughs> yeah, keep listening. I, I got home, passed my MSF class. I learn a lot from your podcast, and I'm glad you do it. Thanks, guys. And right. she attached some, Thank you some pictures. And then she, awesome. um, she apologized for her bike being pink. But it has <laughs> racing stripes. It's, 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 it's a bobber, too, with a custom seat. It's not yeah. pink, it's salmon. It's salmon. <laughs> Is it the Rebel? Yeah, yeah there's, well, a, there's some photos out. here. There's a, there's a family of... It sounds like my soul sister. Yeah, right? Yes. it out to you, Kathleen. Thank, thank you, everyone, for the emails. I also wanted to give a big thank you to those people who've gone and left reviews for us on iTunes. We've yeah. gotten some really, really awesome reviews. Yeah, I read those reviews. Thanks. Keep them coming. We love those things. So, yeah, please um, go to iTunes, leave a rating and review. It really helps us. I want to I wanna give a shout-out to Obsessive Cycle Disorder. Uh, they hit me up on Facebook, and I checked some of their mm -hmm. stuff out on their, on their Facebook page. So thanks for writing me, and uh, go check... Go check out Obsessive Cycle Disorders uh, Facebook page. There's some cool shit on there. Yeah, check that out, too. Um, and then lastly, um, I just wanted to do a quick... My ob latest obsession is... Uh -oh. <clears throat> Guy Martin is the coolest man on the planet. And Do you have I, a guy crush? I have a guy crush. Yeah. I have a guy crush. I can tell you, I think like a lot of Americans I, I don't I didn't know who he was until I was on a plane to Dubai and just flipping through channels and found some motorcycle stuff. And it was um 
these BBC shows that he does, the speed shows where he sets different speed records. I found the one where he goes across India on a uh, Royal Enfield, and I learned who he is. And and Yuri, obviously, you know who Guy Martin is. Sure, Because he's a famous motorcycle racer. Yeah. I encourage anyone who, if you don't know who Guy Martin is, or if you haven't seen any of his TV shows where he sets records, go. You can find them on YouTube because we don't have them here in the states. This guy is brilliant. He looks like a nerdy Wolverine. He looks like Zach. He totally looks like a nerdy. He looks like Zach. Yeah, yeah. Zach looks like a nerdy Wolverine. Don't do mutton chops, really. I can't do mutton chops. It's impossible. Also, the reason besides all these things that he does, and he's so charismatic and amazing, and and he he ah oh, he does so much but you're swooning wow, you are swooning the fact that <laughs> he was offered the job as host of top gear and he turned it down oh. to keep his job as a truck mechanic no yep. wow cuz he legit. said he's already having too much trouble juggling this side tv career and racing with his mechanic job he couldn't take that Good I like job. how he <clears throat> speaks English vaguely, but there's still, like, you know, subtitles for what he says. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's awesome. Anyway, I have Guy Martin well, love. I want to take two minutes. I found a really funny <clears throat> porn pick of the week. Ooh. Right. Uh, so guess what time it is. It's time for the Craigslist porn pick of the week. So I found uh, right here in our home area, Oakland, uh, it's a 1983 Honda Shadow 500 for okay. 600 bucks, but I'm sure he'll take five because he <laughs> writes, <laughs> hey there, interwebs, I found myself in the classic baby on the way, wife hates murder mobile or mobiles uh, situation. So I must part with the project I was biting at the bit to start. The bike, the bike is, uh, as the title suggests, a 1983 Honda Shadow 500. Clutch is not fully functional, needs oil change and a purge. This is a project you could either want to stick your figurative dick into, or you part it out. <laughs> at this juncture, it makes no difference to me. We got a uh, well, 10,428 miles on the old mileage dial. Seat needs a medic post haste. Um, other than that, it did work once. <laughs> <laughs> Ran when hey. parked. Points. I need, a, yeah. I need a fleet of frontwards baby backpacks and goat milk. <laughs> Contact me before the wife throws my boy stuff in the field during a fit of sexual rage. I'll, I'll Thank you. Trade you 50 baby Bjorns. <laughs> I just thought it was funny. This guy's. Uh, yeah, it sounds like his wife's got his balls in a vice. Yeah. <laughs> no, they're in a jar at that point. <laughs> so, good luck, dude. Also, I just wanted to do a reminder announcement to anyone in the area. Do you have something you want to add, I just Doug? noticed in the condition it says fix it or fuck it. <laughs> <laughs> just as a reminder, everyone, <coughs> that the garage is going to be closed next week. Um, because we're all going to be going up to the Dirtbag Challenge. Oh, indeed. Dirtbag Challenge. Yeah, yeah and <clears throat> for those who are in the local area going up to San Francisco for the Dirtbag Challenge on Sunday, uh, look for us. We're going to be setting up a little tailgating camp, and we're going to have hot dogs and sodas and chairs and... <clears throat> mini bikes. Mini bikes to do some Bike. hooligan shit. And, yeah, we're going to be having fun. And uh, Mike will be showing off the brand new Moto Bandito smoking helmet, the Cancer Enhancer. <laughs> <laughs> and, it is not uh, for sale, by the way. It's starting to look it's, like it's a Sputnik. prototype at this point, but um, yeah. it looks like a hookah now. <laughs> so come <laughs> come and join us yeah, up at the Dirtbag Challenge. It's going to be a lot of fun. Do you have an entry in the in the in the no, event? No. We are spectators. Mike Mike's writing that Mary rode a, a motorcycle today. 
Uh, yeah, so Mike would like to say that his wife, it. Mary, not only did she write it in the parking lot successfully, she wrote it out of the parking lot successfully. And this is somebody who got thrown out of the MSF. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So she's making strides. And she had fun today. Yeah. You could see it That's in her important. face. She That's was she was joyful today. She had fun. Yeah. One and, uh, step at a time, baby. Cat is the one who inspired her. Oh God. Yeah. Don't You're in the spot. She, she said uh, she's spot, watching motherfucker. Cat go sideways. And just like I could hear her behind me in the helmet, like, oh she's so fucking cool. <laughs> I, I like, would say pause. let's hope that Jake doesn't inspire her. I know Jim, you listened to Jake talking too. about I did, yeah. how that that Nighthawk two fifty skips around so she just lays on the gas. His suspension's too stiff. So, I was yeah. talking to her about that. That thing happened to me with the rebel and I did the exact same thing and when she started saying that I'm like, Holy shit Yeah. Dragon pegs <laughs> on West Cliff. I don't think that every every you know what I mean, every woman has the ability to just feel like they can get on it but I think that when you discourage somebody like I feel like my wife was discouraged a few times for, sure. from writing you know she got kicked out of the class that'll do it yeah well that yeah that'll do it dude yeah. I got on the rebel and the first thing I thought I freaking let out the clutch a little bit and I'm like oh god this isn't for me oh god I've made a huge yeah. huge error in judgment so, yeah I mean like it's it's, it's more than just go oh, Mary rode a bike today it took me a fucking year of me telling, because this is the thing about my wife, she doesn't listen to anything I say. There's other women tell something or Google. So she's learned well. Forget about it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that was that was it. You know what I mean? If you you know lead by example, and it, and it's pretty cool to see other people inspiring other people to do positive things or you know cha- uh, challenge themselves, like Yuri in the uh, super. Yeah, photo. Yuri. Can you tell people how they can follow you? <clears throat> yeah, I <clears throat> I I took. Uh, the onboard footage from the event, from the race, and it's up on YouTube, and it, it's a, a channel. You, you obviously have to create a little channel, and the 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 name to find it, what I used is uh, Yuri, that's Y-U-R-I, Red Star, R-E-D-S-T-A-A-R, and that'll be the name of the channel, and all the videos are up there from the onboard, if anyone wants to... Um, see what that was all about the sound it was a really clear day no bugs um <clears throat> impacted the camera during the the lap so it's a really clear lap which are getting they were rare it, yeah there, there's <laughs> there that it there it is so um yeah or um my facebook page i put a ton of pictures up there and i just took all the privacy settings off of everything and just said f it you know <laughs> let's let everyone in on this yeah so it's a it's a yuri berrigan that's Go look at his baby photos b-a-r-r-i-g-a-n yeah and my baby photos are up there they have 17 inch wheels uh, <laughs> they're, they're single cylinder yeah um they're looking really shiny right now and they don't drool and i don't change diapers so uh, just change oil. Yeah. yeah, I just change oil. That's it. Slightly nice. less toxic. Cool. Hey Zach, you want to tell people how they can reach us? You can find us online at motorcyclesmisfits.com on Facebook at Recycle Santa Cruz. Send us an email at recyclemotorcyclegarage at gmail.com and you can call and leave us a voicemail at 831-291-5112. Damn it. Can, can, really, can we get at least one week? No. No. <laughs> no reprise. Stop, stop asking. Stop asking. Stop asking. <laughs> 
Um, again, thank you, Yuri, for coming in. Yeah, man. It's really cool to hear. Thank I you. feel like I didn't get enough. So I'm gonna, yeah. we will got to have you back and talk about the race. Cool. Well, cool. you know, this podcast all started from us sitting around at the garage telling stories. So you can come back to the garage. I'd love to. Thank and tell you guys. us more stories. Tell us about the race. Yeah, thank you, guys. <laughs> yeah, I, I'd love. There's so many little nuanced things that, that I'd love to tell you just about the travel part of it and, yeah. and all that kind of yeah. stuff that would, I, I, I mean, I got, I got stories up the up the wazoo right. we'll do it but i do know that following you on on facebook and on the videos you put posted i i did kind of get a feeling like i was there with you, you know? <laughs> right yeah yeah there there's there's a ton of stuff to look at and that's what i like about social media is just looking at stuff and watching videos and you know forget the political stuff i mean I, on my page there's tons to look at so if you want to go check out the pictures they're all there cool cool well on that note it's time to punch out of here this is liza I am Zach. Adrian. Luck. <laughs> Douglas. Jim. Hey, this is Yuri. Jim. And it's a metal. Mike. <laughs> Charlie. There you go. And we are out. Cool, cool, cool. cool. Peace.